We're happy to have this episode sponsored by Real Mushrooms. You probably already know about some of the great benefits of adding mushrooms to your diet, like better sleep, greater mental clarity, and a stronger immune system, but not all mushroom products are equal. Real Mushrooms is the real deal. Many mushroom companies harvest the mushroom and the grain it's growing on. Real Mushrooms products contain no grains or starch fillers. They're organic, cultivated naturally, and third-party verified for beta-glucans, the compound that makes them so valuable as a supplement. They even have a science and medical team of doctors who ensure that Real Mushrooms meets the highest standards. What I personally love is how informative their website is. Have questions about what mushroom is right for you? They have a robust blog with articles ranging from women's health to what mushrooms are most beneficial to your pet. Want to boost your immune system? Have better sleep and feel more calm? Grab the link in the show notes and get 25% off of your first order. Curiously enough, acupuncture is not just sticking needles into people. It's part of a coherent and observation-based medicine that experienced practitioners of the art have handed down over the centuries. I'm Michael Max, your host and guide of Everyday Acupuncture. Listen in as we explore how you can apply the principles of this ancient medicine in your everyday life. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Everyday Acupuncture. I've got a really interesting show for you here today because we're going to be talking about acupuncture as it's used in conflict zones. My guest is Hava Mahler, and she lives in Israel, which, as we all know, is an area that has seen all kinds of conflict. And she does acupuncture, a type of acupuncture, and a situation where she does the acupuncture that's helpful for people that are suffering from shock, trauma, the kinds of things that you would expect might happen if you're in a, in a conflict zone. This is also a type of acupuncture that is often used in people that uh, are suffering from natural disasters. There's ways that acupuncturists have of working with lots of people in a fairly short amount of time that helps them to recover sort of their sense of well-being after being in a, in a situation of deep shock, conflict, or trauma. I'm really looking forward at getting into this. So, Hava, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's great. I'm, I'm a little curious, uh, how did you find your way into acupuncture, first of all? I, I, you know, when we think of Israel, well, actually, I, th I think when many of us think of Israel, we, we're not sure what to think. Tell us just a little bit about how you found your way to acupuncture and what the acupuncture situation is like there in uh, the Holy Land. All right. Um, well, my mother has multiple sclerosis. So since I was very young, I've been exposed to a wide number of alternative fields of care um, because she tried Reiki and chiropractic and acupuncture and herbs and I don't remember what all else, reflexology. And um, acupuncture was one of the things that really helped her. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so I was exposed to it from a young age as something that's, that made a significant difference in a person's quality of life. And, uh, when I was a little girl, I grew up in Massachusetts and our family doctor was actually from China. He, he was a, a Western doctor, but he came from a long line of acupuncturists. 
And so when there was something that he wasn't able to treat using uh, the, the tools that he learned in medical school, sometimes he'd say, well, there is one more thing I can try. Uh, this technique I picked up from my grandfather, and that would come the needles. <laughs> oh, wow. What Now that's an interesting doctor, huh? Yeah. Wow, that's great. Well, I think it is legal. Western docs uh, using needles as part of their scope of practice. Okay, good. Yeah, that is totally legal. It never occurred to me until this moment. Yeah, wow, that's that's great. So you you did your acupuncture education in the States or in Israel? In Israel. Mm -hmm. Uh, I moved to Israel when I was 18, and I started studying Chinese medicine after I did my national service here. Right. The acupuncture education in Israel, what's it like? Uh, how how many years does it take? How much time do you spend? Give us give us just a little glimpse of that. All reputable schools, I think, are four years. Maybe some are three. In Israel, first of all, the field is not regulated in any way by the government. So I could like literally sit down here, open office, print out that I am a graduate of Chava School of Chinese Medicine, and no one can stop me from doing whatever I want. No decent place would hire me, but uh, but it's really important that the the patients be aware of that and know that they have to look for someone who went to uh, a reputable school. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so the school programs that I'm familiar with are four years. It's possible that some might be three and not doing herbs. The school that I went to had uh, herbs and acupuncture, both as part of the curriculum. So it sounds very similar to the American schooling. Our schools here are generally three to four. So mm -hmm. it's, it's at least as intensive as not, if not more intensive. Maybe it sounds even a little more intensive than the education here, perhaps. So you guys are well grounded in this stuff. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about this acupuncture that you're doing to help people who are, are suffering shock and trauma, and tell us what brought you to this. Well, basically, I got involved in this because of where I live. Um, uh, the town I live in, the city I live in, technically it's a city, um, named Stilhot is, I think, one of the most bombed areas in Israel, um, by which I mean um, rockets, not, not bus bombs or suicide bombers. It's a distinction that we care about. There's literally my house. I'm sitting right next to my built-in bomb shelter, which is where I see my patients, so that if anything happens, you can just slam the door shut. There's literally bomb shelters on every street corner next to every bus stop, which is important because when the air raid siren goes off, you have an average of 15 seconds to find shelter. Wow. And you guys live with that every single day? Yeah. Um, fortunately, it's been very quiet the past few months. There hasn't been an alert in, in a couple of months. And the last one that I know of was a false alarm. But um, there were periods when the city was being hit, you know, dozens of times a day. So... How does acupuncture help with this? I mean, I, I suspect you're seeing all kinds of PTSD and sleep disorders and mood disorders. Tell us, tell us a bit about the kinds of things that people are likely to show up with when, when they're living in perhaps the most bombed city in Israel. Well, one of the things is that people don't usually show up with complaints about PTSD. 
They don't. They usually show no, but they usually show up with problems that have developed down the road as a result of the intense stress. And so the number of children who are diagnosed with ADD or ADHD here is much higher than the rest of the country. The number of women in Stirot with fibromyalgia is ridiculous. I think I think it's entirely possible that literally every other patient of mine has fibromyalgia. And um, they complain about migraines, tension, headaches. Right after a specific event, people might come in complaining of, of trauma-related symptoms or during an intensification of the what's called the situation. But a lot of the day-to-day work is with the, the downstream effects of trauma. Right. I'm, I'm just a little curious here. I didn't know we we're going to get into the PTSD thing, but I've, this, this question is really up for me. When you say that you don't really see people with PTSD, and you know, as a person who doesn't live in a conflict zone... Oh, I see that, people with PTSD. That's just not their complaint. Oh, that's like not their background. complaint. Got it. Yeah. Okay. So they're dealing... They have it is what mm-hmm. I'm hearing, but it's the other ancillary things that come out of that that brings them to your office. Quite often, yeah. I see. Okay. What kind of acupuncture do you do to help with this? Is there any kind of specific acupuncture you do, or is it just sort of, I'm going to call it regular garden variety acupuncture? Tell us about what your work looks like with this. So I do do garden variety acupuncture. Um, but I also do group treatments using, um, the NADA protocol, the ear acupuncture protocol during times of increased stress. Um, I can, I can, I've worked with groups that meet once a week or, or just have a, an office will all turn up once a week and take everyone who comes and using the ear acupuncture, it's possible to treat a lot of people. Uh, quickly and efficiently, and with very um, satisfactory results. So that's that's during crisis, usually. It'd be nice to keep it up afterwards, but people tend to get back to their normal lives. Mm -hmm. So during crisis periods, you do this ear acupuncture. Mm -hmm. And then when things have calmed down, you you basically go back to the other kinds of acupuncture that you do. Yeah, to diagnosis and uh, balancing energy. Right. I suspect most of our listeners are not familiar with what ear acupuncture or not a protocol is. Can you tell us a bit about it and and why is it so helpful? So the NADA protocol, NADA stands for, if I remember, National Something Detoxification Association. Oh dear, I can find it. Yeah, I can't I can't remember either, but we'll put a link to it on the show notes page. All right, but it's actually a select a collection of points that was uh, put together by people working with addiction as just a treatment that would be very suitable to pretty much everyone um, who's suffering from addiction because it doesn't work on a specific symptom, but rather tries to bring the brain back into balance. And so it's a, it's a collection of five points. One is uh, in, in the ear. One is Shen Men, the spirit gate. One is called sympathetic point, which works on the sympathetic nervous system. Kidney point, liver point, and lung point. And then the, the five points, which are located more or less in a circle. So that also brings in the earth energy, even though there isn't a specific point for the spleen. And 
And this is just a, a, a treatment that helps move people out of sympathetic mode. And they started do, using it for addiction and found that it was helpful with people doing all sorts of other therapies and programs. And at some point, um, due to the close association between addiction, chronic pain, um, and trauma, started using it for other parts of that circle. What is it that makes this treatment so effective? I mean, why the ear? Well, on the one hand, it's just very convenient. If you're going to do large numbers of people, you want a treatment that you can do while they're sitting down and they don't have to undress for. Yes. Okay. That that so makes that, sense. That just makes it more efficient. But the ear, I'm I'm not great on the theory, but my understanding is that the ear points work much more directly on the central nervous system and on the brain. I've I've heard talk of that. So if if I see someone who's very very frustrated, not like you know everyday frustrated, but like a mother who literally for the last two months doesn't know every morning whether she'll be sending her kids to school or whether school will be closed because there's bombing. Like, I can work on points along the meridians, liver, gallbladder. I can, I can balance. I can work to bring the chi back into balance, but it's a balancing process. It takes time. I do one thing, and I hope that the rest of the system responds accordingly. And when I use the ear points, I'm much more directly touching the central nervous system and it's just like making working more closely on the brain and less on the body and through the body to the brain this is like my understanding from my experience yeah when you're treating people with this and, and you're working in a group how many people are usually in the group oh, it can be any number i've done groups of two people um and i've worked with a large number of other acupuncturists to treat a group of i think it was 50 what kinds of things do you notice happen for people from, say, the, the, the moment they come in and, you know, they're in a state of panic or they're in a state of, you know, very high sympathetic mode, you know, fight and flight is kicked into high gear. What do you see unfold for them in the time they're getting the treatment? And how long do these treatments tend to last? The treatments usually last about 45 minutes. And what happens is very individual. It depends on what sort of imbalance the person is coming in with. So there are people where I stick needles in their ears and they fall right to sleep. There's people who start giggling. We have this one patient who just giggles the whole treatment. Some people, when I do it to me, I move. Like I, I start like beating on a drum and dancing around. I can't sit still when they do this to me. I had one patient just burst into tears and cry the whole treatment. You know, I, I went over to her and asked if everything was okay. Did she need some private time? And she said that she, uh, she, she'd experienced something very traumatic the week before and hadn't been able to cry since then. And so she felt it was very good for her that she was letting go. Um, so it's very individual. But almost all of them, by the end of the treatment, are more relaxed, see that their, their body is less tense. So this is really helpful for the kind of situation you're in, what about other kinds of situations where people have been experiencing some sort of trauma, you know, like natural disasters, earthquakes? Mm -hmm. uh, I was literally just looking at an email from Acupuncturist Without Borders in America that they've opened three clinics in Texas, and they want to open um, clinics in Florida and Mexico to treat people who have been affected by the 
various catastrophes that have been going on in that part of the world. Can you tell us a little more about this organization? Yeah. First of all, they have a website, which I'm sure has all the information much more accurately than I can do it off the top of my head. But it was founded, I think, after Katrina by um, acupuncturists in the States who wanted to help, who wanted to provide what they could using the tools that they had available for the people who had been affected by this disaster um, and were looking for a way to do so efficiently and effectively. And um, since I know that they work all over America uh, as needed, you know, so currently they're in, uh, in Texas and in Florida, they also um, work in Haiti after the earthquake. And I think they're still training uh, local practitioners in Haiti to do this treatment. They work in Nepal. I think they were there after the earthquake and they work uh, with girls that have been trafficked. And here in Israel, we're about to have the fourth annual training where uh, local practitioners and some number of acupuncturists from the States will be training local people here and how to use the treatment. So they don't, um, in other parts of the world, acupuncturists without borders usually goes and sets up clinics for a period of time. And here in Israel, they come and they do uh, training. So it's not like flying a bunch of acupuncturists over here, but rather training um, local acupuncturists in order to use this treatment. And they're also working in uh, refugee camps in Greece, I know. Tell us a little bit about what the training entails. Oh, gosh. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. It's, it's always a very eclectic mix of people. There's uh, theory about, uh, about trauma and how it affects the brain and the central nervous system, post-traumatic stress, um, understood through the five elements, there's practice, finding the points in the ears. There's The training uh, includes how to work with groups because that's not something that we usually uh, learn in acupuncture school and also how to work as a team, which is also not something that we usually uh, are trained in. And, um, and it's generally one of the things that most people feel is very special about this training. As acupuncturists, we don't usually have a chance to work with other people, or like in our clinic. You know, it's so true. I mean, we're sort of these lone wolves. It's a rare opportunity to actually, I mean, other than the times that we're in school and learning, it's, it's rare to actually hang out with other acupuncturists and see what they're doing, which is a wonderful opportunity to learn all kinds of new stuff. It's, it's great. I, I go every year as a, as an assistant. I took, I, I, um, how do you say I was there for the first training to learn. And since then I go every year as an assistant um, and to help translate. And uh, I always learn new things and, uh, and meet new people that I, I stay in touch with afterwards. Yeah. Can you give us a little glimpse into some of the new things that you've learned beyond the basics? I mean, you, you're, you're sort of in a, in a great position here because you're helping to teach it. At, and at the same time, you've, you've got plenty of experience what are some of the other things that you've picked up over time by uh, training this work and helping to train other people to do it? Gosh, specific examples. One of the things that I started doing in my private practice after the first training was working more with, with healing Qigong. So not just giving the person exercises, but also just feeling where their energy is and 
instead of as well as taking the pulse and looking at the tongue and every and, and everything just like seeing what I can feel with my hands where they have more or less energy in their in their uh, tayang. Now this sounds really interesting. How do you feel with your hands where energy is flowing or energy isn't? I literally just move my hands over the person. I don't do this with everyone, just if I think it's going to be helpful for a specific treatment. So you have to be not actually touching far enough away that you can feel the heat, um, but not so close that you're actually making contact. And I can literally just run my hand over over the body, and sometimes I don't get anything. I'm not like a trained practitioner or of Reiki or anything like that. But sometimes I'll be moving my hand over up, up a person's arm and over to their chest. And I just feel like my hand gets stuck in their shoulder. Like there's so the energy there is so blocked that I can't move my hand past without using effort and pulling on my muscles. And I think it was actually much easier for me to learn to do this because I started experimenting with it during the last major conflict here when everyone's external energetic defenses were so high that I think anyone could have felt it. Right. So when the system's really juiced up, so to speak, mm-hmm. you as an acupuncturist, it would be much easier to feel these kind of energetic blockages because, you know, they're just full on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had, uh, it was three years ago, it was the last time we were being... Uh, bombed seriously multiple times a day, I would come to take someone's pulse and I would feel like I have to push my fingers through the metal energy that they put up around their body. I'd have this image in my head that if I come at them with the needle at the wrong angle, a spark will go ignite. Mm-hmm. So, so that's not something I feel every day, but having had that like intense experience, <laughs> I have an easier time picking up on the more subtle differences now. Yeah. Wow. Well, I was just, I was just thinking, you know, as acupuncturists, we're always learning, always learning and always wanting to up our game. And, uh, yeah, some of the, some of the ways that she moves is, is pretty subtle Mm -hmm. and, and it can be hard to learn to feel those subtle rhythms. And I was just thinking, wow, yeah, if you're working in a conflict zone like you are, where people are re- you know that system is really engaged it would be much easier to learn it and to uh to be able to access it and work with it yeah um i, th- I think overall it's a really good how do you say it like uh it's like a hothouse all the treatments you do either have a reaction immediately or they don't and if they have a reaction it's usually a strong one it's it's actually a a very good learning experience yeah it's like a hot house. How often do you generally give people these kinds of treatments? Is it is this sort of a a one and done, or do they come in for a series? How how does this generally work? Uh, it depends on the person. Um, I I usually try and set it up as uh, as once a week open house sort of deal. I'd love to be able to do more, but timing location. And so I did have uh, one person, a friend of mine, actually came in for the first treatment of, of a series I did and never came back. And I thought, all right, maybe she didn't like it or didn't enjoy it and doesn't want to tell me. 
And I saw her a couple of weeks later and she said, I'm sorry, I haven't been back. I just feel all better. <laughs> <laughs> and, and there's people who come in, you know, week after week after week, usually older people or people who have ex- are experiencing something more chronic. And there's people who say it's fun. You know, it's an hour. I get to come in and relax. Someone else gets to be responsible for everything. Well, acupuncture really seems to drop people into a big puddle of quietness. I mean, in general, it seems to do mm-hmm. that. It sounds like these ear points in particular help to bring that about. Is that your sense of it? I think so, yes. Do you use the ear points in your regular treatments as well? Yeah. Um, not always all at once. Uh, sometimes, if I have a patient coming in for regular treatment who seems like that's the sort of balancing they need. Sometimes I'll just use, uh, I use Shenmen a lot. Sometimes sympathetic point, kidney point. Yeah, I didn't forget a point, did I? Well, there's tons of them, you know, and there's so many ways to use them. I'm not sure about over in Israel. I, I suspect it's much like here. I mean, we can certainly use needles to stimulate the points. Over here, we also sometimes will put like little seeds in people's ears. And sometimes we'll even put these like... I, I call them AccuTacs because they look like a little tiny microtac with a they're on a piece of tape and you just stick them in the ear and so they've got this little needle that barely penetrates the skin and it's held in with a piece of tape and it, it can stay in for a couple of days. Do you ever use things like this in your yeah, work? Yeah, we there? have those too. I use the seeds a lot, either with people who are afraid of needles or don't want needles or. Or just sometimes just with people where I feel like they don't need an intense stimulation and then to have it end, but it's better for them to have like support through the week. I had one patient, uh, a female soldier, she tried needles once and ear seeds once. And then after that, she said she needed to have the ear seeds because with the needles, she relaxed too quickly and it was uncomfortable. It was like decompression happened too fast. So I, I think that they give much the same effect in the long term, but that the needles... With the needles, it happens faster, and that can be a good thing, but not always. Yeah, well, and I can understand if you're, if you're a soldier and you're often sort of keyed up, you wouldn't want to lose your edge. Mm-hmm. You know, there's that aspect of you don't want to lose your edge. Are there other ways that the military in Israel is using acupuncture? Is it part of the healthcare system there or part of, of what they do to help soldiers in general? The military, first of all, it's not really my field. I could be totally wrong about what I'm going to say. It's just like general knowledge. Um, The military is very good about integrating things that they think will help soldiers and especially um, veterans. From my understanding, usually if you're getting onto an actual army base to do this sort of treatment or or something similar for the soldiers, it's usually because of personal connections. The acupuncturist served in this unit, and he knows the commander, and so they'll let him come in and stick needles in people. Mm-hmm. I know that they're using this specific type of treatment, the, the, the circle, the NADA protocol, for veterans with severe PTSD in, uh, in one of the military hospitals. I have friends who are working in that. I'd love to volunteer, but it's too far away for me to get there regularly. And in the health services in general, it's... Uh, it's a, it's a slightly complicated situation. As I said, acupuncture, Chinese medicine, alternative medicine in general, isn't regulated in any way, but the health funds do offer it. 
in Israel, the the medic the the national health system is that everyone um, is legally obligated to have minimal health insurance. There are four different uh, health funds you can choose from. And the idea is that if there's a number of them, they have to compete. And so everyone has to pay the minimum, which is, I think, like $7 a month for basic coverage, and they can go to any of the, any of the four funds. $7 a month for basic coverage. I- I'm curious to know, what does that get you? So I do not know off the top of my head. I'm sure I could download the pamphlet. But basic one definitely gets you like regular doctor's appointments, nurse, emergency services. Um, in my health fund, the most expensive plan is like $75 a month or 100 And that includes like all dental care and nutritionist and the alternative medicine and uh, personal trainers at gyms and things like that. That's 75 to $100 a month US. Yeah. And so there's like a small deductible. So like my sister has that and she pays like the equivalent of $5 every time she goes to the dentist. I have the middle plan. That's well, as an American and you might have a, a, a sense of the craziness going on here with our healthcare system right now. That sounds like a dream. I can't imagine anybody not wanting to get the, uh, highest level that's that's a ridiculously low price how does the system manage to do that and not go broke do you have any idea i have no idea yeah i have no idea wow (laughs) i makes me want to get a hold of someone and interview them about that definitely definitely one of the things that they did in order to make more money is bring in the alternative medicine because it was definitely something that made it in, not so much as, um, you know, this is something people need, we should offer it, as this is something people will pay more for, so we can supplement uh, our income for, uh, and cover other, other um, expenses by offering this. So by offering the alternatives in Israel, it helps the system to function. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's, as an American, that is mind-blowing. Back to the um, the use of acupuncture for trauma here. You mentioned this uh, this organization, Acupuncturists Without Borders, mm-hmm. and uh, and and you know, of course, I've heard of them. In fact, uh, some years ago, here in the state of Missouri, there was a big tornado down in the southwestern corner, and and uh, there was a big call to go out for acupuncturists to uh, to go and work there. I know there's different legalities here in the United States with licensing, and if you know if you're in a state and you have a license or not have a license, and can yeah, you work I think and that's all that. actually one of the reasons they use ear seeds a lot. Ah, because it wouldn't penetrate so the skin. Can, yeah. Yeah, but in Israel, that's completely not a problem because any anyone could be trained up for it. And anyone can. We do try and act as if we're we're responsible people, even if the government isn't. Uh, forcing us to. Mm-hmm. And so in the trainings, for example, we'll take uh, students who haven't yet graduated, but don't let them use needles. They have to use the ear seeds. I see. So you're not, you wouldn't train lay people up there to do this. It, you, you, you still have to be a qualified acupuncturist to do it. I think, I think they take, they take people who have done shiatsu, uh, who have studied uh, a couple years of shiatsu and teach them to do the ear seeds. Hadn't thought about just using the, uh, the ear seeds like that, that's something, 
Yeah, that's something with a, a fairly small amount of training. Mm-hmm. Lots of people could learn how to do. Yeah, and uh, and it's very good. It has a, an additional benefit over the needles, which is that it's it gives the the patient. It integrates the patient into the treatment because you can tell them if you're feeling really frustrated, you can press on this point to stimulate it. If you're feeling scared, you can press on this point. Uh, and we usually recommend that they massage all the points when they have the ear seeds in a couple times a day. And it gives them something to do and a way to contribute to their own care. Yeah. Well, and it, it's an ongoing it's an ongoing process too then. you Instead of just having a one dose of needles, so to speak. You've got this sort of a gentle time release thing going on with the ear seeds in the ear. Anything else that comes to mind for you that you'd like to share with the listeners about the use of this particular kind of acupuncture for these rather emergent and traumatic situations? Gosh, I don't know. It's great. It's it's great to know that you have something to offer. So I think it's a very good thing for the practitioner as well to to, to learn this to, or, or to be involved. I, I was recently at a oh, English workshop. I was at a workshop about uh, treating trauma in the community, uh, not for alternative med- medicine people. It was mostly for social workers, and they let me come along. And the uh, the presenter said, "What?" runs one of the biggest trauma centers in Israel, um, or maybe the biggest, uh, that what causes trauma is situation where you're in danger or feel you're in danger, and that you are helpless to work against the situation. So I know that for me, be it going through traumatic situation, living where I live, feeling there's something I can do to help specifically with the traumatic situation is is very good therapy for me. You know, we're recording this in the um, fall of 2017, and uh, the big earthquake in Mexico just happened recently. There's been a number of really bad hurricanes that have hit in the Caribbean and parts of the United States. And one of the things that you, that you constantly see on the news you know, in addition to the destruction. But beyond that, you see incredible acts of selflessness, of people helping other people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as, you're, as, you're, as we're discussing this here, and you share with us about the, uh, the social workers that talk about one of the problems with trauma is that you're faced with this horrible situation and you're powerless to do anything. And, you know, we look at all the people that are, really trying to do something. It, it sounds like that's a way of preventing the trauma from, from sticking, it sounds like. You know, it, it, it's a way of transforming that experience. Mm-hmm. Hadn't thought about it that way. That, uh, but that, that certainly makes a lot of sense. So for, for people who are suffering some sort of, let's say, stress-induced illness, you know, you were talking about... Mm-hmm people that have higher rates of fibromyalgia that live there and, and migraines and stuff like that mm-hmm. for people that, that have a sense that some of their physical symptoms uh, or maybe even emotional issues are, are due to trauma. How can acupuncture be useful for them? Not just in the short term, 
but in that longer term? I think um, the acupuncture is different from pretty much any other uh, treatment method that you might try and use because it's holistic and it works on the body and on the emotions and on the brain all at the same time. And trauma is holistic. You can't be traumatized just thinking, you know, when you think about something and you, you can have physical trauma, but even then it's, it's going to affect your energy and your emotions. And, and so acupuncture can really treat all the aspects of trauma at once. And usually with post-trauma, you have a sort of feedback loop where you have a physical symptom like pain causes sleeplessness, causes, um, you know, less stable emotions because you're exhausted, which, you know, and then so you have a, a chain of things that all contribute to each other. And with acupuncture, not only can we work on multiple features of the trauma at once, but as soon as we can help with one thing, it can contribute to helping with all the other symptoms that a person experiences. And with this treatment, specifically with the, the NADA protocol and the way we use it, it's something that, as far as I know, is entirely unique, which is that it's a treatment you do in a group. So you're not alone. You're there with other people, and, and you can see that other people are there with you. Other people have had the same experience, but you don't have to expose yourself. You don't have to talk about what you went through. You don't have to communicate with the whole group if you don't want, but you still have them there. And so you know that you're not alone. I hadn't thought about the aspect of going through a shared trauma and then actually going through a shared healing. Something about just being with other people, going through it together, it adds something. Yeah. Yeah, we don't just do it in groups in order to make it more efficient. It's, it's yeah. an integral part of the treatment. Got it. That makes sense. Well, Hava, thank you so much for being with us today on the show and, and sharing this amazing technique. I'll be sure to put some notes from our discussion on the show notes page so listeners can go check out more about this particular type of acupuncture. Thank you for having me. And, uh, yeah, people should definitely look into it. Uh, I think it's a wonderful thing. I hope you have enjoyed this episode of Everyday Acupuncture Podcast. If so, please take a moment and visit www.everydayacupuncturepodcast.com where you can click on the review on iTunes button to rate and review the show. Doing this helps other people to find the show. Also, you can express your appreciation by supporting the show with a donation. Thanks for listening, and be sure to tune in again next time.